Virtualization and cloud computing. What's most misunderstood about these emerging technologies? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're discussing these topics today with Jeff Rich, Director of Operations with the Institute for Cybersecurity at the University of Texas in San Antonio. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Tom. To get us started here, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, please? Uh, certainly. I, I've been here at the Institute of Cybersecurity at the University of Texas San Antonio for a little over a year. And we have a focus that deals on security research, uh, that's basic research, the typical academic research, as well as uh, applied research, which results in innovation and some commercialization, along with community outreach, education, and training. And uh, I really enjoy the opportunity to do this year. Prior to this, I've had uh, chief security officer or equivalent positions at different, uh, two different hosting companies. I started the information security program at Dell Computer Corporation, and I've worked at a couple of financial services companies and at an oil company. So this is what I've been doing for quite a while. Uh, enjoy it. I've spent the last few years focusing a bit more on virtualization and cloud computing. Well, you get a great perspective from the Institute. When you look at virtualization and cloud computing, what is most misunderstood about them in the marketplace? I think there are two things that are most misunderstood about virtualization and cloud computing, and I use the terms differently, uh, separately rather, because virtualization is a key component of cloud computing, but cloud computing is much more than simply virtualization. A virtualization in and of itself says that you're going to use computing power virtually as if it was hardware dedicated to what you were doing. That certainly gives your economy a scale and, um, and other benefits um, for ease of configuration. Cloud computing uses a lot of those principles, but also has some additional characteristics that focuses on um, elasticity and um, a set of metrics that can go along with it and um, on-demand provisioning with little or no human interaction. Uh, it, so it takes virtualization to a, another level. And one of the things that's most misunderstood about this is that cloud computing in particular is thought to be fail-safe, as in everything's out in the cloud. People at sometimes think there's no hardware involved, which, which can't happen, that I'm aware of, at least now. And as a result, it'll never fail. So it, it's one thing to keep in mind. Cloud computing is not limitless. Every cloud has its own boundaries. Now, through virtualization, you can make it appear to be limitless with the number of resources you may demand. Uh, but there are limits, and there is hardware, and it does fail. So it's not necessarily whose problem, but that's probably the, the first basic misunderstanding there. The second one is that cloud computing and virtualization are always cheaper than doing traditional dedicated hardware. And although in most cases that's probably true, one of the reasons that it ends up being true is that you give up a lot of things when you go to virtualization and working cloud that you have with a physical data center that you may manage yourself. Now, not all of those things you're giving up are necessarily uh, good or bad to give up, but there are some things you're giving up that inherently come with controlling your own hardware that you don't get when you're sharing resources with other customers of the cloud. So, Jeff, you're in a good position to, to see the marketplace, and certainly I talk with lots of people in financial services especially that talk about going to the cloud, but there seems to be a barrier. 
What do you see as the barriers to widespread adoption of virtualization on one hand, cloud computing on the other? Okay, well, I, I'm going to uh, bunch the two of them together for the barriers because I think they're going to be very similar. And, and it's really only one barrier, but it breaks into two major components. The barrier is fear, and fear usually results from the unknown. So right now, to most people, a virtualization to a degree, but cloud computing very much so, is a big unknown. Uh, people don't know how to define it. They don't know what it necessarily really means. They don't know what the impact is going to be to them. And they don't know what the long-term effects are going to be from using it. So there's certainly the fear of, I don't know what it is. I can't go up and touch it. So I don't really know how to understand it. That's one of the biggest barriers, I believe. Uh, the second one is, once people get past that a bit, the next biggest barrier people want to face with, and this is what I see all the time, is how do I know it's secure? How can I trust it? I'm using a shared environment with a bunch of other people that I don't even know and it's being managed from, by someone who doesn't work for me. And how can I have any level of assurance that people aren't seeing my information, that my information isn't leaking somewhere else, it's not being infiltrated with other data, it's not being changed uh, without my knowledge. And in some cases, those fears can be well-founded, but they can all be addressed. Well, let's talk about how they're addressed. How do you see these barriers typically overcome in an organization? And I particularly would emphasize that last one because it's a common one I hear. How do I know I'm secure? Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Uh, well, you know, I've worked at uh, two different hosting companies, um, one of which is a cloud provider. And being the chief security officer there, I would often have to respond to my counterpart and in, in the potential customer saying, why should I trust you? Or how do I know I'm going to be secure? It wasn't a matter of personal trust, at least I hope it wasn't. And uh, the answer I'd always give is, well, how do you know that the environment in which you're working now is secure? And to be perfectly frank, 80% of the respondents gave a, well, here's why, because I had a 70 audit, and this happened, and I meet these requirements. And I could almost, to a letter, say, well, we do the same thing here at the cloud provider. However, the difference is, you can still go in and look and, and touch and lock a door and have a level of control that may or may not be false that you can depend on that you won't have in cloud computing. So before you worry about overcoming the barriers about security with cloud computing, make sure you have a clear understanding of what concerns you have for computing in general and what objectives you want to have met and what objectives you need to have met. And then it should become relatively easy for you to determine, can a cloud provider or building your own cloud meet those objectives? And in some places, cloud computing may not quite be mature enough to do some of those. So for organizations that have gotten off the fence here and are, are dipping their toes into cloud computing or virtualization, what do you find to be some of the either low-hanging fruit or easy wins that they can do to justify their investment and their business case? I think the, the first thing to do, if you want to get into cloud computing, which I, by the way, support. I'm a founding member of the Cloud Security Alliance and, and believe cloud computing is, is the next evolution for how computing is going to work in general. Um, the first thing you could do is, as I said, you have to outline what your objectives are, what your requirements are, and what your desires are, and clearly map with either the cloud that you build for yourself in a private cloud or a cloud provider that you subscribe to to say, can you meet these and how? And assuming you can get past that, the next thing I would recommend is, 
and I think you heard dipping. I heard you say dipping their toes into it. And now, honestly, that might be the right approach right now. Depending on what you do, you may not want to. You might not want to dive in head first, because if you have, um, if you're under the governance of things like um, PCI data protection or HIPAA requirements and, and a bunch of other disclosure requirements um, that you may be subject to, to not only affect control but report if you have a suspected disclosure, you might not want to lead with that information first. And it's not because a cloud can't be secure, but it's a new environment for you. For you. And most enterprises don't take their most critical assets and put it in a brand new environment that hasn't necessarily had time to mature yet. The cloud is without a doubt still maturing a lot. So there are a lot of applications that can be that should be user facing that give you quick on demand provisioning, elasticity, and the capability to grow and shrink um, as the needs are and you pay as you go. So your investment can be minimized, your upfront investment can be minimized. Um, that makes sense for cloud computing, but for static storage of data that has to be sensitive and controlled, unless you're dealing with your own private cloud, I'd say that may be something that is probably worth waiting on a bit. Jeff, we've got a number, a number of organizations that, that have got their feet wet in cloud computing, especially. What's beyond the easy wins? What's the next stage for these organizations that have seen some of these early successes? Uh, well, I think um, for organizations that have had good early successes in the cloud, um, they're going to find that uh, what they, the big benefits they've seen so far has been um, ease of growth. At least as much growth as they can drive, the cloud's going to be able to support it. And dynamic configurations and um, a universal delivery of their applications to to their users. You know, the cloud, by definition, if you use the NIST definition of the cloud, uh, cloud computing, is going to have ubiquitous delivery across the web, which means on your handheld or on a web browser or on a tablet machine, it's going to look and feel the same and have the same delivery of information and content. Um, they're seeing those wins now, which with traditional web applications would be much more cumbersome and slower to deliver. So I think that's the first wins that, that a lot of organizations have seen so far. I think the next step is to take what was in many cases subscribing to a private cloud, uh, pardon me, subscribing to a public cloud and creating a hybrid cloud which has some private cloud that they control. In other words, all those same characteristics, but they can control it themselves, along with the public cloud infrastructure that they already subscribe to, and start putting some of their more sensitive applications or information that has greater disclosure requirements in it into the private cloud, so you can still take advantage of all the scalability and price advantage of the public cloud and mix it with where your more sensitive areas are, find a way to blend those two. And I, you're just starting to see that happen now. Jeff, a final question for you. We're close enough now we can start to see 2011 in the, the, wind, the windshield up ahead. What do you see as some of the key trends in virtualization and cloud computing? That's a good question. I think in the area of virtualization, um, what we've seen over the past few years is operating system virtualization. You can take a piece of hardware with a little power behind it and generate um, a number, it's still a finite number, but a number of finite operating systems or finite virtual machines within that hardware and have it appear as if you have a larger computer capability, you make better use of your hardware 
and you have a lot more flexibility as to how you can run what and where. Um, one of the big constraints still is the I.O. associated with and the costs associated with um, storage, information storage, disk storage. I think you're going to see more and more adoption of virtualized storage occur in the same way that you saw virtualized operating systems become available. The price point for those will come down, uh, I think, to a point where many enterprises will want to get into that if they aren't already in 2011. When you combine virtual machines with virtual storage, you now have what can be a much more portable environment that gives you the opportunity to mix and match your cloud computing providers or a cloud environment that you create yourself and move all those applications around because none of them are really going to be tied to hardware anymore. So I think you're going to see a much more portable environment. I also think you're going to see more and more cloud customer requirements or demands to say, here's how I want you to demonstrate to me that my privacy controls that I'm putting in place can be counted on and and, secure, and related security controls. I think those are the two big ones you're going to see coming up in 2011. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for your time and your insight today. It's been my pleasure talking with you, Tom. Once again, we've been talking with Jeff Rich, Director of Operations with the Institute for Cybersecurity at the University of Texas in San Antonio. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.